Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil <clears throat> Excuse me, I uh, so I had some party mix. That's right. Chris is eating a bowl of party mix. Um, how is it? It's great. I've had some too. Not to don't bury the lead here. I'm eating it as well. So there's you got cheesies, you got pretzels, you got little chips. <laughs> I'm a I'm a party mix ass motherfucker. Oh, actually, I believe that is the slogan for Hostess uh, yeah. Party Mix on the bag. Hey, you want to hear a funny joke? Yes. Why do they make party mix bags a small size? Poor oh. guy, eh? <laughs> um. Anyways, so we were you know we're always bouncing around where we record. Yeah. Um. Sometimes it's my place. Sometimes it's other places, and we're at. Uh, the new location of the Bob Bazaar store. Right. Ba, 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 Bazaar. And this is such a beautiful store on Roncesvalles. It's unbelievable. And, and we're currently in the in the window, and people are... There's a woman who's just staring at us. That's why I was bringing that up. <laughs> An old lady is looking at us, and Sophia and Nicole, the owners of Bob Bazaar, this beautiful, wonderful store that just opened on Roncesvalles here in Toronto... Um. We apologize if we're making a couple old lady customers yeah. nervous, but is, I don't think so. This is uh, this is traditionally the area of Toronto known as Little Poland, and the Polish is it? Yeah, the Polish yeah. people are not used to or even comfortable with the idea of podcasting. When Pope John Paul II died, or whatever it was, yeah, yes, um, I remember this neighborhood was sad AF. There's still really? there is a uh, statue of him yeah. just around the corner, and every day yeah. people still leave flowers at yeah. the Pope statue. I didn't we know. miss you, Pope. Yeah, we miss you. You were a real one, a Pope that is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this was a Polish area. Yeah, dude, there's a oh. there's a restaurant right up the street called what is it? Chopin? No. Oh yeah, there's a restaurant dedicated to. Frederick Chopin? Yeah. The, Is that his name? Com- the Torontonian composer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James, take a walk on the streets around here after we're done recording. Take a deep breath. You'll feel the po- mm. Polish vibe. You'll smell the Polish style of air. Wow. You'll have a nice time. Wow. Yeah, the the waft of potatoes is in the air on Roncesvalles. <laughs> but yeah, there's a Polish restaurant that I've been to. It might even be called like Cafe Polenes or something like that. Right. Something like that. And it's got, what's that breaded cutlets that they love so damn Schnitzel? much? Schnitzel. Yes. Schnitzels and pierogies and ooh, baby, it's good. We should actually get dinner from there. It's amazing. <laughs> shout out to, yeah, Polish schnitzels and pierogies hey. and onions and all kinds of delicious Hell, treats. Shout out to Poland. One of your. Shout out to Poland. <laughs> Poland, where are you at? One of Poland. Yeah. Poland. Yo, Poland. <laughs> a few years Poland, ago, you feeling me tonight? <laughs> a few years ago, R.I.P. Pope John Paul II. <laughs> the Polish Prime Minister or President? They were uh, he a few years ago died in a plane crash. Uh, but he was right. a twin, and they just let his twin brother become the leader it's after the, he died. It's literally the Wait. same thing. <laughs> It's literally the same guy. That's real? (laughs) Yeah. It's literally the same guy. That is the chilled out, relaxed style of life they they lead in Poland. That's insane. Yo, get his twin brother to be the president. 
Hey man, put that uh, put that joint down for a second. I've got an idea in Poland. Let's his, let's let his twin brother be. I bet his leaving. brain is a twin too. Yeah. Shout out to all the Polish twins. Oh, right any now. twins listening? This is a genuine question. Any twins listen, uh, fans of Evil Men? If you're listening, uh, is your brain the exact same as your twin? Let us know. <laughs> Do I know a twin currently right now? Oh, great question. I knew some in high school. They did not talk to me. Um, what? Yeah. Why not? Both twins or just one? Both of them. They, of course, not one is going to talk to me and, not, and the other. Come well, on. You never know. Twins do everything together. <laughs> uh, I knew twins. like They were friends of the family as a kid, but I don't know current twins. My be- One of my Ooh. best friends growing up, his sisters were twins. Identical. Ah. And? And nothing. And every nothing. Guy's, every guy's ultimate fantasy to have a friend whose sisters are twins. <laughs> Did they trick boys on dates? I don't think so. If you knew them well Call enough, you, you could tell the difference. I could mm. tell. But uh, a casual a casual in the, around the family wouldn't be able to tell. So if yeah. one snuck into your bedroom at <laughs> night, you wouldn't be able to tell which was which? So, I would. So if you married one and they died in a plane crash, <laughs> you'd just marry the other one after? <laughs> you said and they died. <laughs> if like one of them dies? Yeah. If one of them died in a plane yeah. crash, you would just marry the next one. I think that's the, the idea, yeah. Yeah, that's the benefit of twins. Of twins, yeah. That's the benefit of non-twins having twins in their lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get that. You can have an extra. Yeah. I don't get the whole sexy twin thing. You don't have yeah, because you don't do want it with sisters twins? to be making Ew, out with each no, other or near dis- each other or their butts disturbing. touch. <laughs> no, Here's the thing, horrible. twins. <laughs> if someone wanted you to have a threesome with them, would you be weird about your butt touching your other Siblings, butt. Let us know. Yeah, especially and let us know if you're Polish as well. <laughs> hey, I've got a list here of of famous Polish Americans. Any interest? Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, Michael, I know you love this. Maybe guy. I'll put the Polish national anthem in the background <laughs> of this. Okay, let's go. Okay, from the office, John Krasinski oh, is a Polish American. Makes total sense to me. <laughs> Jack Reacher is that him? No, no, oh, no. The uh, other one. He's Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan, sorry. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> hey, Kristen Bell is a Polish-American. No way. I didn't think Welcome. that for a second. Holy shit. Liv Tyler is a Polish-American. That must mean that Steven Tyler is Polish. No, he's Italian because his, his last name is Tallarico. <laughs> so prove that Italians and <laughs> Polish <Steven> people. Steven Tallarico. <laughs> yeah. He looks like Steven Tallarico. He looks like Mrs. Tallarico these days. <laughs> He looks like Nona Tallarico. <laughs> now he does. And he's he wrote the song Dude Looks Like a Lady making fun of Vince Neil from Molly <laughs> yeah. Crew. Is that but true? now he looks he needs Molly Crew should write a song called Yo, Steven dude, Tallarico you look like an old lady now. Steven Tallarico looks like a lady. Excuse me, are you working? Now who looks like a lady? You do. You do. Maria Bello is a Polish American. She's trying to trick us with that yeah. name right there. Wow. Is uh, this is going back to uh, Alec Baldwin episode? But maybe mm. his wife is Polish now, right? Because <laughs> she does a lot of flips Hilaria? and switches. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We did Alec when you were away. Yes, you were away, but I don't think you missed out. You were having a lot of fun, eh? I was living out like something almost as fun as an Evil Man episode in, in reality. Yeah. yeah, what's that? Living underground. Living underground. Yeah. Going walking the streets of London. <laughs> Going to discount budget hotels. You didn't see it, but on our Discord, because you don't check it because you're afraid to check our Discord. I'm afraid of, the I'm afraid of a Discord. 
No, it makes sense. You want to separate yourself. Uh, you want your personal space. Trying totally to be makes like sense. mysterious like Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to be mysterious. Yeah. The thing is, is there was a Discordian, mm-hmm. a Patreonio, yeah. who said that they did the underground hotel and they loved it. They only the used same it for one like, in London? Yeah, you didn't read it yet? No, I you haven't checked that? yet. They, I've been checking it a lot lately. It's become my social media because <laughs> I'm not doing like Twitter and stuff anymore. But anyways, um, they they said they only used it for sleeping and brushing their teeth, and then they'd go out and do touristy stuff. But yeah. they slept like a log, and they loved it. I mean, us too. But I will say, you still the when you're going not to sleep, bad. Yeah, there, yeah, there's no window. The air, you're like, is the air going to stop flowing? And then right. the bathroom thing is yeah, a the real bathroom thing, which we thing. did. If it's two guys, and you're a guy with with a, frankly a stomach, I'm jealous of. Yeah, I feel like you don't even you you know. If you have a problem with the bathroom, there's, well, that's not a great bathroom. Even, yeah, even great men make a certain amount of noise uh, when they're doing their morning. This routines. washroom's built for great men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, just wanted you to know that that's what you're missing on Discord. Are people are identifying with your this, my, underground hotel. My stay at the Zedwell Hotel. Yeah, yeah. right beside the uh, All Night Casino. Also, uh, you know, people quote Mike in there. Huh? You see Mike quotes. Oh, people go Absolutely. nuts. They talk about you all the time. They talk about you uh, more than me and James. No. Yes, no. You're, yeah. you're a fan favorite. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to say, too, so really, again, thank you so much to Sophia and Nicole for letting us record in the new ba- Bazaar location as well, since you guys moved to Roncesvalles, 73 Roncesvalles. This store is incredible. Everybody in Toronto needs to come check it out. Um, but there is a giant window here. It used to be an ice cream slash video rental store like 15 years ago. We used to come here. But there's, you know what I noticed? It's not just customers, uh, prospective customers, but there's a bus stop outside. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody waiting for the streetcar or streetcar stop, they just turn around and look in the window at us doing this show right now. We're offering them a little, it's like the reverse of busking. Or it's, it's, it's perfect for a store yeah. by a streetcar stop, though. Yeah. Yeah, the opposite weird. of busking. We're like performing <laughs> in front of them, but asking them for, for Patreon subscriptions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we're warm, and they're cold, and they That's are true. losers. And we are, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, we have uh, higher status. I was saying to Chris, it feels like, you know, um, like, remember downtown it used to be like radio stations would have a booth on the street and you could walk yeah. by like yeah. that's brother bill from 102.1 the edge right, oh this is disappointing to look yeah. you know what i mean so blisters might be walking by and see us and then be like oh that's, that's what they look like <laughs> yeah remember you'd see steve anthony throw oh, into a video yes. when he walked by much music <laughs> yeah or michael williams or erica m oh yeah erica m was a beautiful lady Erica, <laughs> I try to. Like, how do I say this? Oh my god, a streetcar stopping. Now a right streetcar stops, and it's literally it's like fifty people. Like, <laughs> and like we're there's very big windows right in front of us, and we're is, in a brightly lit also, store we, at night. We also sit at the table. Uh, for some reason, facing the street. Well, we Mike, we could have ended up facing Michael, away. Michael, I did that for the lighting. I did that for the lighting. Oh my we God. are on display, and some of the people in the streetcar are beautiful people looking at us. You know what I feel like right now, with all these eyes on us? Oh, a like porn a, actor. A supermodel. Oh. <laughs> of course you go to hardcore sex. You both went there. 
supermodel. I'm thinking Claudia Schiffer, you know, uh, modern day supermodels, Claudia Schiffer, uh, Carla Collins. Uh, what was her name who married Richard Gere <laughs> in uh, Fatal... At- what was the one? Cindy Crawford. Fatal Attraction. Oh, um, <laughs> wait, you mean um, who was in Fatal Attraction? Michael Douglas and Glenn Close. <laughs> Glenn Close. <laughs> I feel like Glenn Close right now in this picture Why? window. <laughs> I feel like Glenn Close today. Um, you know who I still love after all these decades? Glenn Kate Close? Moss. Oh, Mossy. Uh, yeah, I know she was like... She took a lot of a bad rap in the '90s for being too thin. Yeah, I was people gonna, were, mm. people were gonna say she was the yeah heroin, heroin chic. chic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but she's so pretty. Mm. She's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but Chris, she's so you know she's very delicate. Yeah, if you, you if you went to give her a hug, you'd be worried you'd crack her darn back. Well, you know what else is delicate? A cherry blossom. Wouldn't you want one of those in the palm of your hand? <laughs> That's a good way to think of it, I guess. Yeah. Or imagine a little wood sprite uh, fluttered her wings and landed on your hand. Would you crush her right away? But no, would you also want to kiss her and have a romantic relationship with I her? I would like to find a witch who could put a spell on her to make her my size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Touche. That'd be interesting having a hot nymph or fairy, a little one who was your friend who'd hang out. With you. I would love to be surrounded by hot nymphos. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? Uh, I don't know. Was Tinkerbell in the Peter Pan story an angel or a Or a bug? devil. A was bug. She- <laughs> <laughs> Get this bug away from me. Uh, I love... Yes. I think Tinkerbell was a beetle. <laughs> oh, man. Tinkerbell was sort she was of a an moth. invasive species. <laughs> Tinkerbell was a bug. <laughs> I love that. Oh, God, I love that. See, we're riffing like mad today because we have the Polish energy from uh, the new neighborhood. Yeah. I swear, I know, Mike, that you want to get sushi for dinner, but man. But also, Cafe Pola- Polski or Polonaise Spaghetti or something? Polonaise. Mike, I'm going to look it up. And what the hell? I want to give them a proper shout out. What were you eating when you walked into the store today? One packet of two that I bought of sesame snacks. That's right. And they were very stuck and wh- together. what is the number one export of Poland? Sesame snaps. So this is all coming together in an interesting way. But here's the monkey wrench in the uh, in the cogs. What's the expression? Here's Co- the um, monkey wrench. Uh, cog in the wheel? Here's the cog in the wheel. Or something? I bought the sesame snaps from an Asian man. <laughs> so, so everyone oh. is excited about well, being around Polish culture. That's a good thing about living in a multicultural I was right. Dance. The restaurant a few blocks up is called Cafe Polonaise. I found pictures of it too. Mike, you don't want to stuff that in your Gulliver? I can imagine eating that and falling asleep for 30 years. It looks so yes. dense. And cabbage rolls. Yes, cabbage rolls is another thing I forgot to mention. Look uh, at that. Schnitzels and sausages. There's an egg on top of the damn schnitzel. My God, Polish man. eggs. Best. Look at these pierogies. I know you. I don't yeah, think they're, they're great. This is maybe not the best audio content, but it is. They do look good. <laughs> I wish you guys could see these pierogies. <laughs> I, I hope you clear your search history before you go home tonight. <laughs> Kathleen is going to see that you were searching Polish food. Yeah, that's true. She, uh, I think she likes it. <laughs> but you never she's know. She's modern, right? She's, yeah. yeah, I might get in trouble. She'll be. She'll go, Christopher. Your blood pressure. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
What else? Did you guys start watching True Detective Season 4 yet? No, but I'm thinking about it. Have, have you? I watched two apps last night. What did you think? Well, it's really great to see Jodie Foster back and in f- fine form. She's incredible. Hey, what was the last big thing she was in? I, I don't know. I can even think. Like, like Panic Contact? Room or something? Seriously? That bunny movie with Mel Gibson? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I missed that well, one Panic somehow. Room was good, Oh, right? Panic Room was good. I like that movie, David Fincher. But she's an incredible damn actor. Holy crap. Because uh, I watched the first True Detective, like probably everybody. It was yeah. amazing. And then it I didn't off, watch right? two, and I didn't watch three, and I wasn't really interested in it. But is is this one worth this going back got, to? This one's got me my interests semi peaked. I'd say mm. um, I didn't watch two. I watched three, and I liked most of that. But yeah, I think it's not a. I think I think it'll never reach the height of season mm. one. Time is a flat circle. I mean, whatever. you had Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. What the hell? All these great actors were in that that one. Mm-hmm. I started watching Slow Horses, and it's oh, good. And I love that show. I think Gary James Oldman, has watched it all. I have. It's amazing. Well, I was watching another criminal show called uh, Criminal Record with Peter Capaldi as a crooked cop. Mm. And that was Excellent. Good. And I started Slow Horses, and I'm, I like that Gary Oldman's character, uh, character trait is that he farts a lot. Yes, and you know what? Honestly... He does one, at least one huge fart each season. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's, it's like, a, I it's know a full episode. <laughs> I'm willing to believe that in the writer's room, they're like, he's got to do one huge fart each season. It happens. Like, like it really like, happens. They're working out the story arc. They're like, where do we let him fart? Where, where does he fart? I'm telling you. I think it's so funny when like people write stories about like spy and espionage and stuff like that. Um, it's usually they, they have to access people with real experience to get the stories. So mm. there's probably a real spy that's like, and the boss farts, right? You put the farts in there, and they're like, um. <laughs> it doesn't he, ring true yet. Uh, you got to, uh, yeah. yeah. It's missing some farts. <laughs> it's a New Yorker spy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's very good. And the funniest part is that it has the Mick Jagger theme song. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, honestly, I kind of like it. Am I insane? Yeah, I mean, it's like an like old it. Mick Jagger singing the theme. It was song like a for newer it. song for the show, I think. Yeah, um, and like eighty-year-old Mick Jagger. Yeah. sang it. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Surrounded by losers and boozers and and farters. <laughs> <laughs> One of the spies farts a lot. Brown <laughs> farter. <laughs> you smell so bad. It's like because <laughs> James Bond doesn't fart uh, uh, Luther doesn't fart uh, uh, Jack, Jack Reacher doesn't fart Mission, uh, uh, Ellie, or The guy from Mission Impossible def- Definitely does not fart Tom Cruise Ethan. didn't fart Ethan when Hunt he, Tom Cruise didn't fart when he rode a motorcycle off a cliff And then parachuted <laughs> If they added like slow motion, you see the motorcycle going <laughs> off the cliff, and then he lets go of it, and he's, he pulls the cord, and then you just hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fart has to trigger the parachute, maybe if it was. Yeah. Yeah, I would oh. love to see Q design some gadgets yes, for Bond well, that well, are triggered Mr. by him. Yeah, well, Double Seven, it's a pair of underwear, but if you fart in it, a gun pops out of the front. <laughs> Double seven, please get your mind out of the gutter. You don't activate it with your thumbs. You activate it with your farts. <laughs> what? 
Well, 007, you see, after you urinate, if you let a drop of urine fall into these underwear, a poisonous gas will come out the side. <laughs> yeah, they fired Q eventually for having a weird fetish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, James Bond has to pee at a urinal and then, like, oh, don't shake it too much and put his penis back in his underwear and let's <laughs> Chris, pretend you're James Bond right now and I'm a bartender. Uh, what would you like, sir? Martini. And how do you take it? Shaken, not stirred. (laughs) (laughs) Was there a third Beavis and Butthead guy? (laughs) That's exactly what we sound like now. Three Beavis and Buttheads. Beep, beep. <laughs> Gentlemen, before we get to the evil person this week, mm. I just want to mention that we have a Patreon account. Patreon.com slash evil men. Check it out. If you sign up and you give us a few bucks a month, you get two bonus episodes a month. You get to join our Discord. Um, there's all these exclusives. I was putting up video <gasps> of the episodes oh. on there. We're doing all that. It's well worth it. Um, if you are a Patreon subscriber, thank you. We really appreciate it. It really helps us do the show and all that. Um, also, we are recording at Ba Bazaar, which is 73 Roncesvalles mm-hmm. in Toronto. It's the new location. Thank you so much to Sophia and Nicole, uh, owners of Ba Bazaar, for having us here to record After Hours. It's such a lovely Beautiful store. Yeah, check it out. So every time I see Sophia, what a joy. She's lovely. We haven't met Nicole yet, but we're excited to. Well, I've met her in passing in the past. Okay, I haven't. I've met her. But not when we come to Bob Bazaar yet. So come to Bob Bazaar, Nicole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're just going from promoting them to making demands of of them. Come here. You have 24 hours (laughs) to come to Bob Bazaar. Beep, beep. (laughs) Beep, beep. <laughs> Michael, you chose the evil hmm, man, <laughs> quote unquote, topic this week. Who did you choose? Right. Well, you uh, listeners who have, have li- tuned into this show for a while, and you two know that I'm somewhat of a little devil. I like to thwart the rules. I like to subvert expectations. Well, well, I think sometimes when I look at your butt, there's a little bulge right at the back there. And I always wondered, is that a curled up little cloven tail? Yeah, it could be. Or could be. Whatever. Cloven? Yeah, cloven or, was the wrong or word. Or maybe I've had an accident. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the triangle shape at the end of a devil's tail. Yeah, whatever that, sh- yeah. that whatever you say. Yeah. It's like a dagger tail. Yeah. Cloven are their hooves. Yeah, you're right. Cloven are Mike's hooves. I have a cloven asshole. (laughs) If if Mike had hooves, that'd be fucking crazy. That'd be sick, dude. That would actually be awesome. Mike clip clocks around. It it would explain why you don't like going on the beach. Well, yes, could. Might might do anyway. Or walking over grates. Yes. Right. Legs fall through. stuck in there. (laughs) Yeah, or walking into hoof, uh, cloven (laughs) hoof traps. So listeners know that that's the kind of man I am. And so uh, even though the name of our oh, yeah, show... Oh, yeah, devil. Even though the name of our show is Evil Man... Hey, remember, in, uh, you are the, you're the biggest fan I know of the song Sir Psycho Sexy mm-hmm. from Red Hot Chili Peppers' Blood, Blood Sugar, Sugar Sex Magic yeah. album. Remember when he goes, uh, There's a devil in my dick 
and there's demon in my semen. Yeah. That's you. That's me. When the doctor told you you had diabetes, did he say, you have blood sugar sex magic? Yes. And I was like, that sounds good, right? And he was like, no, you actually have a devil in your dick and demon in your semen now. <laughs> but well, what do I do, doctor? Well, I have to suck it out. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't tell nobody. So because I'm a mischief maker, I decided that uh, even though the show is called Evil Men, I, I'm going to pick a damn lady. Mike, I hope you don't cut that out. The doctor. Oh, uh, not at all. Never thing. would. Never, never would. <laughs> so the subject of this week's evil women, because yes, women can be absolute pieces of garbage as well, is a woman <laughs> named <laughs> Un- <laughs> Unity Mitford. Especially my ex-Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Now, do you guys know Unity Mitford? Have you heard of the Mitford sisters? Never. I don't think so, to be honest. Famous socialite sisters in Britain in the 1920s and 30s who, some were novelists, some were, uh, had political beliefs of different stripes. I'll tell you about that. I don't, it doesn't ring a bell at the moment, but if you hum a few bars, I can wing it. <laughs> Mitford, 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 Mitford. Mitford sisters. So, um... Unity Mitford and her five sisters were a fabled sextet of vivacious... We're obsessed with sex, eh? They were a sextet of vivacious debutantes. There's a devil in my dick and there's demon in my demon. (laughs) They were a bunch of debutantes whose romances and literary aspirations generated enormous media interest in the 20s and 30s. Uh, The celebrity siblings included the novelist Nancy Mitford. Did flashbulbs go off? And someone yell, what a scoop! Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Mitfords were a famous family like uh, the Kardashians in America, or hmm, the Levies in Canada, you could say. <laughs> oh, right? baby. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, novelist Nancy, uh, Pamela Mitford, Diana Mitford, Jessica Mitford, Deborah Mitford, and the subject of today's episode, Unity. Do you guys want to hear about her? If it wasn't for the Levies, we wouldn't have funny TV shows like About Schmidt. <laughs> You make me want to be a better Schmidt. You know, Dan Levy has a film out about grief. Oh, oh, good. good. <laughs> or should we say good grief? <laughs> oh, uh, people are rushing to the theaters to see the new film about grief. Can I just say something? Comedians are absolutely hilarious oh these days. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. They're obsessed with depression and grief. Yeah. Unity, Valkyrie, Freeman, Mitford. Valkyrie is her middle name. That's like a Viking thing, right? Her name, Okay, and it's all destiny with her, uh, is what I have discovered. She was a British socialite from the famous aristocratic Mitford family. She is best known, here it comes, for her relationship with Adolf Hitler (laughs) and her poor marksmanship, which we'll get to soon. I feel like the Hitler thing is a little more notable. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing Hitler. We're doing his side chick. Well, both in uh, Britain and Germany, she was a prominent supporter of Nazism, fascism, and anti-Semitism and belonged to Hitler's inner circle of friends, one of the few English people who did so. Did did Hitler and his inner circle of friends ever like let loose and actually have like I bet they did whole hearty laughs or were they was it tense I think they would drink tea and have sausages together because he was like a teetotaler and he oh, yeah. wouldn't allow anyone to smoke near him really and apparently if you did you were like like grudge for life you I were, find like, that teetotalers usually become insane <laughs> fascist <laughs> dictators uh, yeah. unreasonable mm. 
people. Maybe because you're not cutting loose ever. You're yeah. all wound up. Apparently, Trump is a teetotaler, too. And he's like exactly like the next Hitler, right? And apparently, he's... Trump a, doesn't drink? No, he doesn't no, drink. He's really? a teetotaler because Famously, his brother... Yeah used to drink too much and he got drunk and rode his motorcycle off a cliff and farted in midair and died. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea Trump did, Trump didn't drink. Yeah, Trump doesn't drink. He didn't smoke. know. That's why I made that whole teetotaler reference. Yeah. So here's the early life of Unity Mitford. Fresh. <laughs> now check this out. Destiny in action. Unity Mitford was born in London in 1914, but conceived in the town of Swastika, Ontario, in Canada. Is that true? Where her family owned a gold mine. That's Is this how you found out about her? I've known about the Mitfords for a while, but... This That's the craziest thing ever. Yes. She was born in the town of Swastika, Ontario, and if you're not from Canada, or maybe you've just never heard of it, there's a town in the far north mm, of Ontario um, called Swastika to this day, and I found yeah. out some info about it. The town it's was named Swastika. <laughs> well, it was named after the Swastika gold mine that was staked in autumn 1907 and incorporated in 1908. During the Second World War, mm -hmm. the government was like, maybe we shouldn't have a town called Swastika. Yeah. <laughs> so they took down the town sign and replaced it with a sign that said, like, welcome to Winston instead of Swastika. Right. And the residents tore the sign down, replaced it with a swastika sign, and wrote the message, To hell with Hitler. We came up with our name first. <laughs> right, right. I mean, fair enough. And also, there's a... Um, isn't it Waterloo... Is it, is it Waterloo, yeah. Ontario? Used to be called Berlin, Berlin. Ontario. They and call, then they changed the name. Lil Berlin. Right. That's true, though. It sounds yeah, like we're yeah. joking, mm -hmm. but that's true. Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of funny, like, you have a big war, and then you change the names of the towns? yeah. Uh, well, uh, if you remember around 2000, 1999-2000, uh, another small town in uh, Ontario named Jar Jar Binks, Ontario, <laughs> they changed their name. Yeah. It was so you right. have to kind of change your name yeah. if you're yeah, named if after a horrible tra <laughs> tragedy. That was the way the wind was blowing. <laughs> yeah. So, Unity Mitford was the fifth of seven children born to... Uh, her father was David Freeman Mitford, second Baron Reedsdale... He was in the House of Lords, and uh, his wife was oh, Sydney. Oh, the barbershop on Young Street? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that still there? No, oh, but it was, a, right. it was a staple in Toronto for decades. Yes. It was a punk hairdresser, hair shop, yeah. chop shop. I think Berlin was Kitchener. Just dropping that in there. <gasps> okay, yeah. Sorry. Now, Unity Mitford's father, David, uh, he was an anti-intellectual, and he claimed proudly to have only ever read one book in his life, uh, White Fang by Jack London. What? <laughs> White Fang does an intellectual Weird brag, make. and then yeah. what a weird one book to read. Yeah. Uh, the Mitford family, they were like old like, school okay. aristocrats. They could uh, trace their origins to the 11th century. So they're proper old aristocrats, uh, very well-respected, rich people, whatever. Hmm. Um, they were they like fancy people. They, the children were raised by servants. Everyone had nicknames. The kids called their parents Muv and Farv. And Unity's nickname was Bobo. Bobo. It's a little interesting thing. Called their parents, their dad Farv? Mov. Fav. Yeah. Oh, like Farver. Falva. Yeah. Falva. Yeah. Just a little cute thing. Like Brett Farvra. Yeah. 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 Now, about the middle name, Valkyrie. Yeah, that's like a Viking warrior from Valhalla, right? Or so, like that. the other daughters were all given conventional middle names, but Valkyrie was a nod to the operas of German composer Richard Wagner, whom the Mitford's paternal grandfather had personally known. 
Hmm. Whoa. So all these things are pointing to in Germany. one direction towards Germany. Mike, mm. what's the Wagner uh, Nazi connection? Like, is it just that they used... They, I think he was like a big anti-Semite and Hitler loved him. Ah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but I think he was dead long before Right, that's World why I was... Yeah. Hmm. And so his music has Or maybe he stain. represents like German identity or something or this yeah. idea of it. So yeah, the family had a connection to Wagner. There was um, a good Curb Your Enthusiasm early episode where uh, one of Larry David's like fellow neighbors or someone gives him grief for whistling Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> and Larry David's like, he just, he just I like the song, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Larry! That's how I learned to play that. <laughs> yeah. Larry, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Diana Mosley's biographer wrote that Unity found life in a big family difficult because she came after these cleverer, prettier, more accomplished sisters. So a lot of you know, competition and rivalry in the family. Uh, check this out. Uh, Unity's younger sister, Jessica, shared a room with Unity, and uh, Jessica was a dedicated communist. So Unity and Jessica dro- uh, drew a chalk line dividing their bedroom when they were kids, and Jessica's side was decorated with hammer and sickles and pictures of Vladimir Lenin, while Unity decorated her side of the room with swastikas and pictures of Adolf Hitler. Now, I when I was a kid, I just had a big Simpsons poster <laughs> in my room. It sounds like some weird punk house from <laughs> like a- 1980 <laughs> Cal- Southern California. Yeah, or a sitcom. One roommate's a fa- one roommate's a communist. The other is a Nazi. Did you guys ever share rooms? my two daughters? <laughs> I uh, in my first year of university, I shared a room with a roommate. Who oh right. We talked about I. Don't want to embarrass him, but I did walk in on him masturbating once. Right, uh, but that's my only instance. To a big picture of Lenin. <laughs> I, I had a roommate for the for a bit in at Dalhousie, and it is true you could see the personalities on either side of the wall. Where his bed was, he had a poster of Tragically Hip, and on my side there was a poster of Scarface. <laughs> no joke. That's that was, cool. Yeah. You had a Scarface poster. You should put it back up. Uh, yeah, I got around somewhere. I'm sure I brought it home from Halifax. Imagine if Scarface had come from Kingston, Ontario, <laughs> instead of Havana. Yeah. Mike, um, did the Balazzo brothers ever bunk up? We did um, briefly share a bedroom in when, when the family moved to Oshawa, yes. Wow. And uh, I do remember, so similar to Unity and Jessica, Terrence was a Metallica fan, so he did have Metallica posters, whereas <laughs> I preferred Megadeth. <laughs> oh, so Megadeth posters, see? So, yeah. What's it called? The, uh, what's the Rust one? Rust in Peace. That album's good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hangar 18, Holy Wars. You heard it here on uh, Evil Men First, folks. <laughs> Mike said Megadeth is good. <laughs> I would love to go back in time and watch young Michael and young Terrence share in a bedroom. Air guitar into two different types of thrash metal. <laughs> 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 Wow. Anger 18, I know too much. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, Why did he sing like that? He was saying like Popeye, kind of? Yeah. Ew, what do you mean? Me. <laughs> yeah, violent. Everything's violent. <laughs> <laughs> it has been speculated that Unity turned to Nazism as a way to distinguish herself within the family. As that biographer said, uh, I quote, I think the desire to shock was very important. It was the way that she made herself special. Were they living in swastika at this time? They were living in uh, the English countryside. Right. So they're still separated from many, many, many different diverse types of people. 
they're, they're like isolated. Rich ass English aristocrats living in a huge mansion in the countryside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going and back with posters in their room. Going back <laughs> to being conceived in northern Ontario when you're this rich aristocrat from London, that's kind of you wouldn't think that you'd be all that horny on this journey in the You know what, wh- there's nothing else to do up there. I and especially when it's right. cold. That's how you keep warm, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they did it on a skidoo or something. Didoo. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's talk about her school years, those blessed golden rule years. Um, <laughs> by her early teens, Unity Mitford showed a talent for drawing and art and was able Can to I just say that unity, Nazism doesn't espouse unity as much as you'd think it would? Her name is ironic, right? Idiot. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Her name should have been Discord. Does she still have rich, influential family members that can kill us right now? Oh, I think their descendants still exist in... The UK, but yeah. I think Screw she, you guys. Screw you, we'll kill you. Um, yeah, so she <laughs> had a talent for drawing and reciting long passages of poetry by John Milton and William Blake. That's fine. No, that's good. Those guys rule. Um, she begged her parents to let so her what go. what the hell happened to her? Yeah. You read all this beautiful William Blake poetry and then you still get soured in the yeah. dome? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Um, her parents uh, were reluctant to, but they eventually let her go to a boarding school um, mm. But when she got there, this boarding school, she chafed under the rules. And the administrators at her school judged her as a threat to fellow students because she, uh, to their morality, because she kept drawing uh, pornographic drawings. Oh, a woman She's after my own heart. Fucking crazy, man. She would have loved uh, hentai. Yeah. Right. It's too bad she lived uh, when she did. <laughs> I feel bad for all the people that were born, but. Before hentai, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Because it's Think kind of, of accepted, acceptable now, and it's very, it's easier to access than ever before. But we don't know this because it's not our culture. But there must have been some lewd hentai-like drawings in, like Jap- Japan has such a rich ancient history. Mm. I'm sure there's some good stuff from the past. Well, there. I'm going on honeymoon there pretty soon. Right, so detective. I will bring you both back a hentai drawing if I can. True detective season five. Yeah. <laughs> so after her stint at, at school ended in late 1930, Unity Mitford, she's 16 years old, she got kicked out of school for drawing penises. Mm. Um, she began spending time in London together with her sister Diana, her brother Tom, and a circle of friends that intersected with the uh, Bloomsbury literary set. So maybe she met Virginia Woolf and uh, Graham Greene, who was in that set. Oh, that era... I know the intellectual dark web. That's Joe Rogan, Eric <laughs> Weinstein, um, those guys. But I don't know the Bloomsbury literary. Those guys don't set. even meet at a cafe. It's all online, eh? Yeah, Ben Shapiro is in that. Damn, dude. Check this out. Now, this got my juices pumping. Uh, Unity's sister, Diana, she was a renowned beauty. And in 1929, she married a certain Brian Guinness, heir to the Guinness Brewery fortune. Oh, crap. Can you guys imagine marrying a Guinness? Because uh, for us in Canada, that'd be like one of us marrying a Molson. Yeah, that's oh, true. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, or a it Labatt. would be. Or a, or a Tim Horton. A Horton oh, girl. Oh, God. I'd like you to meet my fiance, Sheila Horton. <laughs> Sheila Tim Horton. Dorothy <laughs> Tim Horton. <laughs> <clears throat> so here's where things get a little bit crazy. Imagine you so, met a girl named Tabitha Labatt. Yeah. Oh my God. So basically, she's in the absolute upper crust of England oh. with the basically the coolest, like you know, the the, the coolest crowd, brilliant Rubbing writers. shoulders with the Guinnesses, with mm. Virginia Woolf, with yeah. the Bacardi twins, 
with um, <laughs> uh, Captain point, did Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> did she? Did she grow out of the Nazi stuff at this point? Well, she hasn't even gotten really into it's 1932. It yet. I know, right? but I'm just saying, like, because like it sounded like when she was going hardcore at it before, she was a kid, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, did it? Well, dis- she's still 16. Basically. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Holy like, shit! Well, it's interesting because you know when you see this particular time, the early 30s depicted, and you see a character who's like, actually, there's something interesting about Nazism or whatever. Mm -hmm. And obviously, they haven't committed the atrocities yet. It's not so obvious. Like, is there any way to to paint someone at that time, pre-World War II, who's kind of like intrigued by this concept? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Hitler had fans throughout Britain, especially the aristocracy also, like, in America, Europe right. as well, and, yeah. and the, Walt Disney, I think, was a supporter at first. Yeah, right. And I, think I, so, and I yeah. guess the the appeal is just like a strong nationalist. Like people like, were is, impressed by him bringing his country back together right. after the rubble right. of World right. War One. Right. So I remember reading to, that it is weird to like. Yeah, go back and be like. Yeah, I remember oh. reading that in you know after World War One, like you know the. The value of the mark, I guess, got so devalued, you know, classic thing, like you need a wheelbarrow full of cash to buy milk, like that kind of shit. So it was so fucked up. And also, I think that anti-Semitism was quite prevalent and not Mm. something that was uh, yet seen as like unseemly in polite society. Like, right. So Hitler was out of the gate. Like his book is very anti-Semitic. So people knew this about him. Most books were like a lot of classic literature has stuff where you're like, Oh, and okay. Lindbergh was he the guy who ran for president? And yeah, he was, and he was a, a Nazi supporter as well. He was. Uh, yeah, there's that Philip Roth book. Yeah, the, like if he had won, maybe America Lit- doesn't join. That's fucking crazy. I yeah. should read that book. No, it's good. But the thing hmm. is, is also um, I read that book, The Plot Against America. No, it's like yeah, that one. But also the Hans Faladay book or whatever. Remember I told you about it. Called like Alone in a, Berlin? No, Little Man. Uh, oh, Little Man What Now? Yeah, Little Man What Now. And so from my impression from that book, which is a really uh, interesting time capsule because it's about a, a poor man and his wife, you know, trying to survive in poor Germany just before that the war started. Mm. And literally, it's not like a writer later writing about it, looking back. It's actually written at that time. So the slice of life uh, Germany that you're looking into... You can still tell, though, that the Nazi party that is quietly be getting on the rise, this author finds annoying because it's almost like how like nationalists are annoying in Canada and the States at that time. Right. So that book made me see like, you know, when we had some real weird nationalism here and especially in the States during like the Trump reign, you're like, no, it could totally blow up into a fucking psychotic fascist thing because... Like it has before, you know, you, and you it s- went incrementally. It was just like bit by bit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it becomes so obnoxious and like uh, not nonstop that you just start like acclimatizing to it. Yeah, like it being well, there. I mean, I don't want to be a you know, you don't want to be so reactionary, but I do think if Trump wins in November, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe it will just be like his last uh, four years where it's. Sucked, but you know, whatever he's you move on. Win. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying it right now. He's not going to win. You heard it here. I don't know. Did you see that thing about Biden? Like that report came out where he like doesn't remember anything. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It'll be Kamala Harris, I guess. Oh, good. 
<laughs> the prison <laughs> lady. So Uni, Uni Mitford, she's a society girl. She, she made her her debut. She's a debutante uh, in 1932. That same year, her sister's marriage to the Guinness guy, it ended. Her sister left uh, the Guinness heir for a guy named Sir Oswald Mosley, who is a married World War I veteran, uh, an MP, and he was also a huge uh, anti-communist, anti-Semite, and founder of the British Union of Fascists. He admired Hitler and oh Mussolini. Oh my God, I think his character is in Peaky Blinders. Must be, it's that time, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I was like, do I actually know this guy, or does it just sound like the most British name ever? Oswald Mosley, yeah, yeah, that's Mosley. Wow. And so yeah, he loved Hitler Mussolini, and his sister left <laughs> one of the richest men in those islands for this uh, weirdo guy. So <laughs> quite a catch. Now, check this out. So the um, the Guinness-Mosley affair was the entry point that drew unity into right-wing politics. So in 1933, Unity and her sister, they traveled to Germany to attend that year's Nuremberg Rally, <laughs> which is the annual event commemorating the founding of the Nazi Party, but which also that year uh, they were celebrating Hitler's rise to power. He was now Chancellor of Germany. And uh, the two sisters went on an unforgettable trip to Germany. Unity was so blown away by Hitler that she convinced her parents to let her uh, enroll in like a German language school in Munich, close to the Nazi Party headquarters in 1934. And she chose Munich because that's where like Hitler lived for a number of years, and he still maintained like a base and was always like doing business in that city. She's in Munich now, and she has a single-minded goal. She wants to meet Hitler, her idol. So she finds out that Hitler hangs out of American Pie, where he had this goal of like <laughs> you got to get laid before the end of high school. Yeah, you got to meet Hitler. Oh, Chris is go her ahead. sister. And Oswald, her sister Diana and Oswald Mosley are characters in the last season of Peaky Blinders. Oh, oh shit! Isn't that cool? I haven't seen that show. I mean, they're super. It's famous. really good. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm a huge Killian Murphy stan. I got to admit, I think he's <laughs> fucking awesome. I think he's cool too. But even then, I rented uh, Oppenheimer the other night and I couldn't finish it. Oh yeah. Uh, but it's also because I was watching it late at night when everyone went to bed, so I just fell asleep because it's three hours long. Yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt. You said some really cool stuff while I was looking that up, and no, I feel really bad. It's here for But now they're in Germany during so, some peak moments. So she's taking German lessons in Munich. She chose Munich because that's where Hitler's always hanging out. And she finds out that Hitler, like every day when he's in the city, goes to this one restaurant called the Osteria Bavaria, where he uh, drinks coffee and eats sticky buns and cakes, and he's very approachable. So really? he doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink, but he's sticky bun crazy. Yeah, and he just talks and like rants at people, and people are like, oh, he's so impressive. And um, Back then they didn't have TV, really. Yeah. <laughs> so Unity's, A ranting man was yeah. interesting. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I've already heard this rant. Boring. Um, Watch, this is my favorite part of this rant. <laughs> uh, so she's going there. Ten months, she's sitting there watching Hitler in this cafe. After ten months of sitting there Whoa. and like... Making herself like uh, you know available if he glances over, he finally takes notice and he invites her to his table. And I gotta say, ladies, if a man keeps you waiting for ten months, he's not worth it, honey. <laughs> Red flags. Yeah, that's a deal breaker. Uh, have some self, you know, esteem, self worth. Yes. So eventually, Hitler invites you, and he's like, "Come sit at my table." Is this like my table? <laughs> Is this like DJ Khaled at a club or something? Like, he just like, does like a subtle, like, <laughs> he 
motions her over. He hmm. says his name like DJ Khaled does all the time too. <laughs> Adolf Hitler. <laughs> or, or like a waiter's yelling. like. Excuse me, madam. That yelling, frothing man over there has asked for you to join him at the table. Shh, shh, shh quiet. Adolf Hitler's about to drop a new rant. Adolf Hitler! Imagine Hitler produces like classical music, so you hear the recording of like, you know, Hitler! So Hitler motions her to the table. It's the best day of her life. She sits down. Come here. Hitler, and they talk for 30 minutes. Lord, they probably talk about blood and soil, uh, genealogy, how much they hate uh, certain people in uh, German society. Phrenology? Was, were they fr- phrenology freaks? Probably. Um, probably. Because that was on the Nazis' uh, list of things, right? List of things to look out for <laughs> in t- in 1932. <laughs> and Hitler was apparently entranced by this tall, blonde Englishwoman, Unity Mitford. And check this out, guys. He redeemed himself because he even picked up her bill at the cafe. I finally noticed a tall blonde. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, follow yeah. Hitler's example. <laughs> Always pay on the first date. <laughs> also, rant in a cafe for months. <laughs> I've just realized <laughs> if we ever do Hitler, Mike has to do him. I'm just realizing. You just you you know like you make the topic funny. It's really him. good. Yeah, well, thanks, we should guys. do Hitler. So imagine this: you're you need Mitford's weird father. Weirdly saving Hitler like it's <laughs> precious. It's like <laughs> a bottle of champagne <laughs> from 1922. I just brought out the Hitler episode from the basement, <laughs> the cellar. So you're a father, right, Chris? Uh, yeah. Let me check. Uh, uh. <laughs> yep, <Okay>. that's two. <laughs> You go back in your memory to the two sex. <laughs> huh? Yeah. So imagine being Unity Mitford's father. <laughs> Look, all joking aside, my daughters are so such great characters. They're so clever. They're so brilliant and cute and intelligent. I genuinely worry in the future. Like, oh man, how do these People get swayed by freaks, especially like, okay, we're talking about Hitler Like you now. wouldn't want your daughters to meet Hitler and, no. be, and be entranced by him. No, yeah. no. I don't want them to be actually entranced by anybody, to be honest, <laughs> is what I was getting at. Yeah. Well, imagine that you're Unity Mitford's father you're in the House of Lords, and you receive a letter from Unity after her big meeting with Hitler in the cafe. She wrote a letter to her father, and she wrote, quote, it was the most wonderful and beautiful day of my life. I'm so happy that I wouldn't mind a bit dying. I'd suppose I am the luckiest girl in the world. This is from meeting Hitler. For me, he's the greatest man of all time. And now, that's a letter that no father probably wants to receive. Yeah, true. Have you ever seen what Hitler looks like, too? He looks like a sweaty wiener dog with like a, <laughs> some sort of like... Yeah, I don't know, like someone did a haircut on a dog. He's no Clark Gable or whoever was big at the time. Clark Gable. Yeah. He's not even Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he is kind of Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> kind of Charlie Chaplin. Who did the mustache first? I think Chaplin. Must have been, because that was yeah. in the 1910s. Right. Yeah. So was it just like yeah. kind of a style? Like if Must you guys had it here yeah, and there? Yeah, Oliver Hardy kind of had one kind of like it too. It'd be like if a future dictator had a soul patch and yeah. that like 
killed soul patches oh, forever. Shit. I gotta shave my soul patch now. Or imagine the dictator had the long goatee that Lane Staley had from <laughs> Alice in Chains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ow! Ow! That was their walk-on song when they were going to go rant. I hope no serial killer or dictator ever ruins the neck beard. That would be awful. Yeah. I hope a fascist dictator that kills millions doesn't uh, make hoodies lame. <laughs> <laughs> so Unity is over the moon about Hitler and Hitler on his part he had also become smitten with Unity the young blonde British student I'm smitten <laughs> oh, yeah, just banging his, hand, yeah. his uh, hand on the table she saying is she is cute <laughs> I einst smitten <laughs> cute as a boot <laughs> shit on me cutie pie <laughs> Was um, he into Scheisen, or is that just us creating rumors? I'm not sure. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, so Hitler, he was struck by uh, Unity's curious connections to the Germanic culture, and he was superstitious, so he believed that, uh, like, you know, destiny was at play with her middle name being Valkyrie and with her being conceived in a town called Swastika as well. Mm, wow. So he thought that she was, like, sent to him from, I don't know. So Swastika, Ontario actually played a bigger role in the rise of the Nazi army than they think. I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> or at least a bigger role in Unity's connection to Hitler. Yeah. Maybe had the Germans won, but Hitler that inspired would have visited her. Swastika, Ontario. Right. So Unity Mitford subsequently received invitations now to party rallies and state occasions and was described by Hitler as, quote, a perfect specimen of Aryan womanhood. <laughs> I just realized it's funny, Mike, because you said, just think if Germany won, then Hitler may have come and visited Canada. And that's scary, right? Because nothing yeah. could be worse, right? Yeah. But then I remembered that Europeans came to Canada <laughs> and did way worse than Hitler <laughs> to this country. Yeah, yeah. So it's sorry kind of hard that, to. I, I can't really connect up. Hitler in Canada. Like, it's hard yeah. for him to even like imagine yeah. him like what pulling into Union Station. Like I don't know, I can't <laughs> yeah. imagine it. Or like yeah, going Newfoundland, Hitler in Newfoundland. <laughs> <laughs> so Unity's sister Diana, right? She left the Guinness guy. She's shacked up with Oswald Mosley, the leader of the British Union of Fascists. So um, after losing custody of her two sons by Guinness, Diana Mitford traveled to Berlin, and there. Did she lose custody because of the fascism connection? Uh, for leaving her husband at that time. Yeah. Oh, right. For a guy. Never mind. Uh, And uh, so Diana traveled to Berlin and there (laughs) secretly married the now widowed Oswald Mosley in Joseph Goebbels' house. Hitler was the guest of honor. (laughs) Yeah, you guys got to watch Peaky Blinders, man. It gets heavy. Damn. At the time of the wedding in uh, October 1936, both the bride and her younger sister, Unity, hey. proudly wore Nazi badges and gave the Sieg Heil salute. I bet at her wedding, she didn't have a certain Mike Palazzo playing a funny song. <laughs> no. <laughs> I sang a song at your wedding and yeah. there were zero Sieg Heils, as far as I yes, can tell. Yes, none. None. Yeah. None at all. Yeah, I didn't Not that. even outside. No. <laughs> so... Hitler and Unity became very close. Uh, and check this out. Hitler, what a cad, he starts playing Unity Mitford off against his new girlfriend, Ava Braun, to make her jealous. Uh, Not cool, right. Hitler. Very disrespectful. Yeah. Mm, yeah, like, come on, man. And 
Eva Braun was like jealous of, uh, of Unity Mitford. She wrote in her diary, quote, She is known as the Valkyrie and looks the part, including her legs. I, the mistress of the greatest man in Germany and the whole world, I sit here waiting while the sun mocks me through the window panes. God. Who the hell writes in their diary like that? I feel yeah. sad for Ava Braun. She just wants her man, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, infidelity is pretty shitty. Like, But you know what she did? And girls, take a leaf out of Ava Braun's page. How'd she recapture Hitler's attention? Attempted suicide. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I thought she bought him like a little dog or something. <laughs> you know what? In, you know what she should have done? Gone out and got it on with Goebbels. It made him jealous Make too. Hitler jealous. Yeah. Is it Goebbels or Goebbels? Oh, Goebbels. I guess I, said, I probably said Gerbils. Gerbils. So um, she. I tried heard to Richard Gere put Goebbels up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so she had pre- attempted suicide because she was jealous of Hitler's new affair with new Unity. Girl. Wow. And then Hitler was like, "Damn, girl, I'll never do it again." And then he like went back to Eva Braun. So Uni Mitford, she's in th- she's thick as thieves with Adolf Hitler now. She attended the Hitler Youth Festival in Hesselberg with uh, Hitler's friend Julius Stryker and she gave a virulently anti-Semitic speech. So she's like all in mm. and then she had that speech published in Julius Stryker's paper called Der Sturmer. And I won't read what she wrote. It's like it's uh, repulsive, it's standard anti-Semitic racist stuff. But she ended the publication of this speech. She specifically made them print, P.S., please publish my name in full. I want everyone to know I am a J-hater. She wrote that literally. Yes. Wow. And uh, Well, making it pretty darn clear. Yeah. I mean, at this point, the way her life is going, I got to ask, has she ever even met a J? (laughs) It doesn't seem like it, eh? It's completely... Probably not. You know? Yeah. And uh, My advice to her, meet a J, and then go smoke a J, because you are fucking way too tight. Yeah. Now, predictably, the letter caused public outrage in Britain um, because of her family's status, and her father's in the House of Lords, and she's writing this anti-Semitic garbage in newspapers in Germany. And uh, Hitler, though, he said, good work, Unity, and he, re- he rewarded her with an engraved golden swastika badge, a private box at the Berlin Olympics, and a ride in a party Mercedes to the Bayreuth Festival. It's actually crazy how long Hitler got, like how far along in his craziness he got being so hateful publicly and globally. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Is that the most simple, (laughs) dumbest interpretation of World War II you've ever heard? Because you're right. Like I I know how simplistic that sounds, but but it just blew my mind It's kind of like if you take a step back, it's true. It's It's really shocking. Yeah. 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 You know, like sometimes a, you know, a, a, a a fascist despotic leader in some sort of far reach small country with a smaller population like yeah you could see how it doesn't reverberate uh too far in everybody's ears but this is like fucking you know europe it's germany mm-hmm. it's bizarre it was supported for way too long <laughs> i second that <laughs> i third it but i mean even from the international community yeah it's bizarre I don't know why that just hit me now. No, it is crazy. At this stage it, in my life. The, the fact that this man lived and got to do what he did, and then uh, there were so many times along the way where he could have been shut down and just never happened. He was just 
lucky and psychotic. And right place, right time, I guess, yeah. with a country that had lost a war and they're yeah. desperate yeah. and yeah, they were, they were very desperate. Yeah, a scapegoat. You find when you know when things get yeah. bad, you look for a scapegoat. Yeah, Excuse that's me. true. <clears throat> Sorry about that. No, no, it's true. The devil's just trying to get you to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so she's part of Hitler's inner circle. Oh my God! Imagine that. Bad boys, bad boys. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Uh, when Hitler announced the Anschluss, the uh, where he sort of annexed um, Austria in 1938, she was so close to him that she appeared with him on the balcony in Vienna. At this point, British intelligence apparently uh, Hitler dangled her over the balcony, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like so Michael Jackson and the baby. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of that too, so that the press could take photos, but everybody gasped, right? <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was genuinely fucked up. That's yeah, really weird. I, my heart just like got anxiety, like just sank thinking of Michael Jackson holding the baby Dangling over the balcony. What baby. if he had dropped and then the baby had smushed? Like, what if it had, he had killed a baby? Then, like, we might not like... think as highly of him today. <laughs> okay, so he dangled. Unity uh, off the balcony off in front of the press <laughs> yeah, in, in the Austria. Whoa, dangle her. Uh, yeah. At this point, British intelligence is like, ha, huh, this maybe isn't good. She's a prominent English person. She has the most access to the Fuhrer mm. than any, any other English person in the world. She knows him better than anyone. And they're like, the, you know, the, the storm clouds of war are kind of uh, brewing, mm. to mix metaphors. And uh, <laughs> they're like, maybe we should look into this because... What she's doing is, you know, maybe a problem. Mm. Could be treasonous going forward. In 1936, report from British intelligence went further, proclaiming that Unity was, quote, more Nazi than the Nazis, and stated that she gave the more Hitler salute. Nazi than Nazi. That she gave. She gave a salute. <laughs> Now this is now here's the thing, thing. <laughs> trying to be more Nazi than the Nazis. Yeah, this is not. Yeah. Uh, this is what makes me feel like she doesn't even believe in what she's saying. She's just being an extremist for a deeper reason inside of her that she's not admitting. I mean, she's a very popular girl in uh, influential circles. I guess she got drunk on the. I mean, she probably did believe it, but she also probably loved the attention. Yeah, she probably believed it for um, sure. This is an evil little anecdote. But she's doubling down, is what I'm saying. In 1938, Hitler gave her a choice of four apartments in Munich. And Unity Mitford uh, is reported to have visited one apartment to discuss how she was going to decorate it and design it's it. like a home renovation yeah, show. <laughs> while the soon-to-be-dispossessed residents, a Jewish couple, sat in the kitchen crying. Hmm. God. She's just like, I'm going to put some, oh some funny God. trinkets on the wall. Okay, gonna- well, that just knocked her up like four points for me. That's crazy. Now... A fun thing, a funny thing, is that the other Nazis in Hitler's circle didn't like her. And they thought she was a liability because she talked too much and she knew too many secrets. So they wouldn't sort of, if she was around, they wouldn't talk about business or any sort of top secret stuff. So she's sort of hey like... guys. Oh, hi, Unity. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> so we're going to invade Britain. On- oh, hello, Unity. <laughs> Now, uh, Unity would often try and convince Hitler to make a deal with Britain instead of invading it, because that was his goal. He wanted to invade it. But she loved Britain so much that she was like, no, I can, you know, I'm influential. I can put you in touch with people. I'm sure we can work out a deal so that our two countries don't have to go to war. Uh, Of course, that didn't quite work out. She wanted to unify Nazis. Yeah. 
And there were a lot of fans, again, in in Britain, there were a lot of people who thought Hitler was just, just fine. Well, Mosley was British. Yeah. Let's get to the outbreak of war and the climax of our story. <laughs> so she's an English woman living in <laughs> Munich in Hitler's circle as war was breaking out. So <laughs> at the 1939 Beirut Festival, Hitler warned Unity and her sister Diana that war with Britain was inevitable. And within weeks, it was going to break out so they should return home to be safe. Yeah. Diana returned to England yeah. while Unity chose to remain in Germany. So she's staying in Germany cool. when Germany and Britain have declared war on each other. And even though her family sent pleas saying, please, Unity, you're amazing. Please come back home to England. We need you. You're so important. Uh, she refused to leave. She stayed in Germany. After Britain's declaration of war on Germany on September 3rd, 1939. Unity- My birthday. Oh. Congratulations. <laughs> Well, you might not be so happy about your birthday when you hear what I'm about to say. Uh. So, yeah, September 3rd, 1939, war is declared. Unity is distraught. Diana Mitford told an interviewer in 1999, quote, She told me that if there was a war, which of course we all terribly hoped there might not be, that she would kill herself because she couldn't bear to live and see these two countries tearing each other to pieces. Oh, shit. Both of which she loved. Oh. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so on the morning... I love you, England. I love you, Germany. <laughs> <laughs> that same morning, September 3rd, she visited like a Nazi official to ask, like, um, if, if our countries go to war, will I be detained as an enemy alien? And the guy was like, nine. So she was relieved. Um, but the, the Nazi official was concerned by her demeanor, and he assigned two men to follow her. She managed to shake them off. Follow her. And by the time she entered the English garden in Munich... Suddenly, she's on her own. She's distraught. Her two beloved countries are going to war. She took out a pearl-handled pistol given to her by Hitler for protection and shot herself in the head. Wow. Just because the two guys were following her? Well, possibly. she was torn by her... Countries. (laughs) Mostly because... What she said. (laughs) And that's the end of Unity Mitford. Oh, wait, she screwed up killing herself, and she just shot herself in the fucking head and survived. Oh. <laughs> Unity Mitford survived the suicide attempt, attempt and was hospitalized in Munich, where Hitler frequently visited her. He even, ever the gentleman, paid her bills and arranged for her return home. Don't take this the wrong way, but was she still good looking? <laughs> <laughs> No. I wonder where you could shoot yourself in the head that it wouldn't kill you. I guess you just missed the brain. I missed my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> there's just a, a hole you can see right through just if next you, to the brain. There's my brain. The doctor said my brain is special because it's smaller <laughs> in my head than most people. I have a ladylike brain. I, why, what, I'm doing like, I was trying to do British, then it got German, and then <laughs> it just... Mexican. Yeah, I turned like a Mexican. I apologize. <laughs> that was so, it's not supposed to be that. I've got good news. The bullet missed the brain completely, right down the middle. <laughs> well, apparently it was lodged in her goddamn brain. Oh. And they could never remove it, right? Oh, so, that'll make you think. So, well, it didn't make, it sort of stopped her from thinking, actually, as I'll explain oh, here. No, yes. what, what's wrong, Unity? Well, I've got a lot on my mind. <laughs> so, in December of 39, Unity I'll Mitford. Say, it's a damn bullet. <laughs> uh, in December James 1939. The fucking, I'm so sorry, Mike. But James just dropped two mega classic dry British wit bombs <laughs> that we need to single out. Thank oh you. my god! Thank you. 
<laughs> it appears the bullet has. What did you say? It appears the bullet's missed your brain entirely. <laughs> it's gone right down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a lot on my mind. <laughs> good God, that was like straight out of like Carry On. <laughs> that was so good. Oh, thanks. So essentially, she shot a bullet into her brain and turned herself into a vegetable. Oh. But Hitler still life. loved her. Hitler was a great guy in this one instance. <laughs> Um, so let's check out what her sister Deborah said when they uh, went to meet her in a hospital in Switzerland. Deborah. So they found Unity Mitford in hospital, and Deborah said, quote, We were not prepared for what we found. The person lying in bed was desperately ill. She had lost two stone, whatever, 28 pounds, was all huge eyes and matted hair, untouched since the bullet went through her skull. The bullet was still in her head, inoperable, the doctor said. She could not walk talked with difficulty, and was a changed personality, like one who had had a stroke. So apparently she, yeah, she was basically Brain now damaged. a woman child. Reminds like, uh, me of a movie called Fight Club. Oh, yes. Was she still a Nazi? At this point? Apparently she still would babble on about Hitler and how she wanted to have a child and name him Adolf. <laughs> but, oh, my God. oh my God. Yeah. Um, a bullet's in your brain and you're still like, are the J's around? <laughs> like, her, give me a break. Her doctor said that she learned to walk again but never fully recovered. She was incontinent and childish and described her as like having the incontinent. mental... Incontinent. Yeah, she would just piss herself and laugh and she was basically had the mind of a 10-year-old child. Uh, she had a tendency to talk incessantly, uh, showed an unusually large appetite with sloppy table manners. <laughs> yeah, I'll say shitting yourself is kind of rude. <laughs> And she gained a lot of weight, and a friend des uh, described her as plain, which seems insulting. Um, and yeah, so she was basically a vegetable for That's the remainder of her That's how snobby the upper crust is, eh? You try to blow your brains out, and you've yeah. basically made yourself dumb. Yeah. And they're <laughs> like, Terrible manners. Yeah. As She's plain so as vanilla yogurt. Yeah. You know, she wasn't so sloppy before. I don't think I remember that. <laughs> Do you smell that? Is that unity? My God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she shits herself and talks about Nazis all the time. She's not the best. I servant? Where's the servant, girl? We need to hose down unity. <laughs> so, um, stating that she could remember nothing... So she could still talk, apparently. Stating that she could uh, remember nothing of the incident, shooting herself, unity returned to England with her mother and sisters in 1940 in a private train hired by her father. Press... This is interesting. Press photographs show her being carried off the train on a stretcher Observers said there were no outward signs of her injury. Dun, dun, dun. Was she what? Was she faking it? Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Oops, I just shit myself. But she's sort of like Emma Stone at the beginning of Poor Things. Basically, so wait a second, you're implying right. that she faked it, perhaps to escape Germany or well, something? Well, let's get to that in a moment because okay. she only has a few years left. So is she diabolical? Unity Mitford took seriously ill on a visit to the family-owned island in Scotland called Inch, Inch Kenneth and uh, died. Uh, was taken to hospital. Doctors had decided it was too dangerous to remove the bullet in her head. And on May 28, 1948, she died of meningitis caused by the cerebral swelling around the bullet. She was buried in her family's churchyard. And the inscription on her gravestone reads, quote, Say not the struggle, not availeth. Hmm. If I had written that, uh, gravestone inscription. I would have written, uh, "Here lies one crazy ass bitch." <laughs> <laughs> wow! I got a clip. Weird, that. insane. 
person. Right. So, British intelligence and observers said that they saw no uh, evidence that she had shot herself in the head, no wound. Right. Uh, some people believe there's a conspiracy that there was a fake shooting, that it was made up. Some people believe that Unity never shot herself, but that the British government intervened to stop MI5 from searching and interrogating her about what she knew about the Nazis. According to this conspiracy, Unity made up the story that she shot herself in the head so she could return to England without being arrested or persecuted and just like live in her family's estate. One reason people might believe that this conspiracy is true is that there were no signs of a bullet wound, according to British intelligence, and that when she returned, Unity was rumored to have had like affairs with pilots and stuff. In the countryside near the family estate. While she was shitting? Which is weird. If she if she faked the shooting, that's diabolical. But if she was having sex as a woman child, what were these what, what was going on there? That's a With bit these dark. pilots. Definitely. Mm-hmm. The pilots um are taking advantage of uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was R. Kelly an RAF pilot? <laughs> <laughs> oh that's really interesting though. Yeah, yeah. the mystery is pretty wild. I mean, I guess they had, I mean, if the doctor said she died because of the bullet in her head and messing up her brain, I don't know what, what how you, you know, make that work. But. Yeah. It's weird because they're a very famous, rich, influential family. And so they could say anything. I mean, who, mm. who knows at this point? It's interesting, though, to think, like, I guess that could have happened. Well, it's a way to isolate her. and Yeah. Now, another interesting conspiracy is that there are rumors that she returned to England pregnant with Hitler's baby. Wow. So, in mm. December 2007, an investigative journalist named Martin Bright... So, did she give birth to Hitler's baby? Well, this in- investigative journalist in 2007 published an article stating that a woman who worked at a maternity hospital in England during the war claimed that Unity Mitford had checked into the hospital after she returned, and she gave birth to Hitler's child, who was then given up for uh, adoption. And the article inspired a documentary called Hitler's British Girl... It stimulated media speculation that Hitler's child could be living in the oh UK. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's fascinating. So there, you know, if that is somehow <laughs> true, there could literally be a you know who it is eighty year old British person somewhere in England, and they're Hitler's kid, and they don't know. You know who it is? <laughs> who? It's Dame Edna. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, imagine it's Hugh Grant. <laughs> We're like, no, I loved him in four weddings and a funeral. <laughs> That's fascinating, Mike. Wow. What if it's Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, it could be. The age matches up. I'd yeah. love that if Dame Judi Dench was Hitler's oh my baby. God. What if a time traveler went back in time and he shot her because right. he knew she was going to have Hitler's baby? Yeah. Right. Think about that. I do, nightly. Um, that was really interesting, Mike. That is the fascinating story of Unity Mitford. Wow. wow. Well told. That's amazing. Brilliant. That was a good one. Really good. Wow, Mike. Bravo. You're so good at this. No. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, brilliant. Well, I guess uh, it might be time to bring out the... Evilometer. Oh, he's goose-stepping, and he's got... Uh, oh, take that armband off this minute, Evilometer. Oh, and he's holding it. No, he's p- putting a pearl-shaped pistol to his head. No! no. Oh, boy. Wait, I don't see the pearl-shaped pistol anymore. Stop oh. acting that way. <laughs> Stop um, acting that way, Evilometer. He yeah. po- poos out little metal poos. Right. <laughs> Incontinent. Your table manners are sloppy. <laughs> 
Um, Michael, I think you should go first. Me? <laughs> All right. Unity <laughs> Mitford. Um, well, what, what is there to say? Mm. I think that her beliefs and actions were uh, abominable. Mm. I, I think that she, uh, her cruelty to that couple that she evicted in that apartment. That one got me. Unforgivable. That's yep. ugly. Writing a hate speech in the newspaper. Don't don't do it, Unity. Yeah, uh, going against your f- parents' wishes and uh, getting involved in Nazism, no good. Um, uh, it is funny that she screwed up her <laughs> suicide and turned herself into a vegetable. I guess as some form of like poetic justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it is true that it happened, I'm going to give her like a seven point five. Interesting. Cool. Interesting. So I'm going to go next because I'm going to straight up give her a nine because fuck off. You know, what yes. I like that. I like you know that. What I mean, fuck off, Nazis, eat shit. Yep, she gets a nine. I like that. Nine. nine. Um, my turn. Uh, James, you're trying to renew your parking. I while, know. I'm sorry. I realized I forgot, so I'm just putting in my parking on, parking on the app here. James is James is stressed from all these parking Nazis oh, outside. Well, to well said. Well said. Um, man. <sighs> yeah. Six point eight. She, I mean, the views obviously absolutely repugnant. I hate that story of the people in the apartment crying when yeah. she's like, "Yeah, I'll take this house." So she sucks. She's a total jerk, yeah. and I'm glad it ended badly for her. I'm sorry <laughs> to say, but what a a hole or a B, Mike. You, a call, B. you called yeah. her a B earlier, yeah. and I, you know, I don't. I hey, wouldn't. hey, she's an F, an effing C. Oh, she is. Yeah. Screw her. I'm. I don't like her. It is if you, if you believe that she faked the shooting and faked the whole thing. The idea of her putting being put on a stretcher and like carried off and having to pretend that she's like, you know, a vegetable is, is insane. That's so funny. And like, yeah, yeah would she? It would herself? add a totally new dynamic to who she is as a person. Uh, dear, you're gonna have to shit yourself. You realize <laughs> that, don't you? For this to actually absolutely work. <laughs> um, Sorry, excuse me, guys. Apologies. It's not COVID. Um, Mike, oh, no. is there evidence of, like, do we know that she did actually have sex with Hitler or it's just thought maybe? I I couldn't find any, like, proof, but they were, like, apparently very close and he was, like, you know, enamored mm. with her. And In not- Austria, when she was standing beside him on the balcony, you he said, I yeah. am fucking this girl. <laughs> you don't announce that you're annexing Austria with just any woman, That's right? true. Yeah. You want to do it with someone who... I bet you're wondering who's this beautiful baby is beside me. <laughs> yes, we're boning. <laughs> um, the benefits of being a conqueror. <laughs> I mean, they probably were having sex. I mean, these, you know, some power-hungry madman freak, he probably th- thought he could do whatever he wanted. Well, what's he going to do? Be like, no, I shouldn't cheat on my wife. He's Hitler. He probably did. And he was also he like, might not have had sex at all. He was straight in, or yeah. he was mentally me- like he had his demons, his personal demons prevented him from having sex at all. If yeah. you ask me, Hitler acted like he had a bullet lodged in his brain the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was also in his like forties by the time he met her, and she was like nineteen or something. Sounds like an improv teacher. Uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did Hitler ever teach at the Bad Dog Theater? <laughs> Why are we laughing so devilishly? That is just made up fantasy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. Wait, what am I saying? What? Yeah, I was trying to whitewash it. Yeah, problematic age gap. 
Um, yeah. Even if there were no other, if we ignore every other problem about their relationship, <laughs> problematic age gap. Yes. Yep. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, they say you can only date people half your age plus seven. Uh, Hitler, you didn't make the cut. <laughs> yes. Well, here's the thing. What are they going to talk about? He's going to make references That's to true. like, when we were in the trenches in World <laughs> War One. it was, and she'll be like, World War One. And yeah, she'll that- be refer- he'll be referencing like 1915s culture and yeah. she'll be referencing 1930s yeah. culture it's totally different you'll be like who is king kong i don't <laughs> i don't know these ones yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well that's music's kind of boring listen to this music yeah uh, what is this <laughs> <laughs> it's just slightly slower classical music <laughs> <sighs> well no she would probably have jazz records to be honest oh you're right yeah. although she was a british upper crust type she probably hated jazz yeah. Well, any British aristocratic fathers listening to this episode, uh, I think the takeaway is do not let your daughters go to Munich and take a German language course. And read more books than just, what was that one? White Fang. White Fang. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what, maybe the, maybe the whole family was ill-prepared. I think I've read White Fang. I've read a Jack London book. I yeah. forget what it's called. All those covers used to just Call make me feel Wild like, yeah, I read that maybe. Nothing about Call of the Wild or the Jack the Wolf one ever seemed appealing to me. I was like, you know I'm going to read about Cold Winter Wolf. I do like it, and I, I bet you'd like them, Chris, because they're like, you know, you're in the woods. I think I'd read one yeah. of them when I was Are a Are there kid human too. characters in them? Yeah, I think, okay. for sure. It's was like a guy in the woods. Okay. Anyway. Come on, White Fang. <laughs> I see berries. <laughs> or is it from the point of view of a wolf? Like, fuck, you might be actually. So check it out. This is I'm going back wolf. to my. Uh, Damn, it's tough being a wolf <laughs> during the winter time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's me. Those God books, damn. Another those, day being a wolf out in the woods. Like, wh- Jack London books seemed as appealing to me as, like, like, scrubs on skates or, like, books about hockey camp or whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. You don't. Yeah. You don't like. Well, you're not really a wilderness guy because no. I, I, I like mm. books about. I love like uh, and I love you know books about being out in the woods or that show alone. Those people living mm-hmm. out in the woods. I like it, but it's not for you. That's I want to okay. read books about New York City, Paris, yeah, London, Berlin, Tokyo, Shanghai, yeah, Shanghai, Istanbul. You're an urban survivalist. Urban survivalist. Give me a iPhone and a uh, <laughs> subway. Card, yeah, I'm happy. Like Chris, you and I, you know, we'd like to learn how to how to figure out. You know, you need a, a hatchet and and some flint to live in the woods. With Mike, all he needs is a subway pass, a toonie, and a uh, you know. Uh, Listen, where are, the, where, are the, where are the happy hours in yeah, this town? And the you know? best of grilled cheeses in the city. And <laughs> Mike is good. That's yeah. how, that's his survival. He wants the restaurateur to tell him which uh, mm. berries are poisonous or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, that was quite thrilling. What a ride. Thank you. What a life. Good work, Mike. That was another great episode of... has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 